Blood Brothers Podcast, a Five Pillars Production. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, my dear brothers, sisters, friends, and the foes out there, and welcome to another episode of the Blood Brothers Podcast with your host, Didi Hussain. Before I introduce today's esteemed guest, I want to remind all the avid podcast listeners that you can find this show on all the major audio platforms. And of course, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, don't be cheeky, click subscribe and carry on watching. Today's guest is someone who is a world-renowned digital content creator. Uh, he has millions of followers across social media platform, um, reviewing gadgets and phones and tech, a subject which, quite frankly, I'm not so well-versed in, but I'm excited for today's podcast because I may learn a thing or two. And he hails, he hails from the Midlands of, of, of the United Kingdom, and that's none other than Safwan Ahmed, a.k.a. Super Saf. Asalaamu Alaikum. Waqsam Saf. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. I want to I wanna, I wanna let you know something, bro. Very rarely do I leave my hometown to film a podcast at the choice or at the, uh, at the behest of a guest mm. and also get a cameraman who's not necessarily always part of the same squad. I did all this to facilitate it for you, brother. So I, I appreciate it. Well, you're the first, uh, first guest here in the studio, yeah. which is completely empty right now. So uh, you do get that honor for coming all the way here. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me kick off with some quick fire questions. You know, they say uh, from, from a fitness point of view to, to, get, the, to get the blood warm, yeah? Mm-hmm. As to get the mouths warm, yeah? And the yeah. brain thinking, yeah? And just please forgive me because there'll be th- certain things I'll be asking you which is purely out of ignorance. Okay. Because of my ig- <laughs> there's, there's going to be assumptions yeah. grounded on ignorance. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to give you two choices. Mm-hmm. You have to choose one. Okay. As a console, Nintendo or Sega growing up? Sega. Nintendo or PlayStation? PlayStation. In terms of phone, Apple or Samsung? This is something I get asked all the time. I literally use both. You'll you, see them both here. So you've got a Samsung there and an iPhone. Yes, yeah, so Samsung in the left pocket, iPhone in the right pocket. And it has been that way for a long time. Okay. <laughs> When you're doing your stuff at home, like where you can't use a smartphone, do you tend to use your PC or a laptop? PC at home. PC at home, yeah? Yeah, Windows PC at home. Okay. Uh, Apple or Microsoft? So, I, so my laptop of choice is the MacBook Pro. Okay. So when I'm out and about, it's the MacBook Pro. Okay, but, <laughs> but at home, the PC is? At, at home, it is the Windows PC, yeah. Okay. For TV, mm-hmm. Samsung or Sony? Samsung. Samsung with LG? LG. Okay. In terms of social media, not necessarily where your biggest following is, because I believe that would be YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Inshallah, you know, you're, touch, you're nearing that two million big figure. But in terms of like your own personal likability, in terms of what you like vibing on, engaging your people on, uh, Instagram or Twitter? Twitter. Really? Yeah. That's really interesting. It's much easier to communicate and contact people on Twitter, like just to have those conversations. Instagram can be a bit limited. Okay. So, and it's impossible <clears throat> to keep up with notifications on Instagram. I think Twitter's a little bit more organized in that sense. I'm actually very surprised by that. I really? thought, yeah, I thought you would have said Insta. Twitter or Facebook? Twitter. Twitter or TikTok? In terms of engaging? Yeah. Twitter. Twitter or YouTube? YouTube. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Abu Dhabi or Dubai? <sighs> That's a tough one. Abu Dhabi. Your pet hate? <coughs> I have a lot of pet hates. <laughs> the, the, the worst one. What one which could result in me and you potentially falling out? 
Um, I'm going to have to think about this one. Something that really annoys you. Something that sometimes you have to test your own levels of sabr. Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of things. Oh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of something specific because there are lots, but like mine, mine's just going completely blank here. Any um, noises? Biting nails? Do you have road rage? I do have a little bit of road rage. I'm trying to work on that. Okay. Alhamdulillah. Um, okay, this is one of my pet hates, right? Is when people are leaving somewhere, safe late at night, especially yeah. our lot, right? So it's 12 p.m. I'll you leave myself Asian this year. Yeah. Okay. Leaving the house, right? Mm-hmm. Finish the conversation in the house, go to your car and go. Oh, but if it carries on all the way to Bro, the car. It's like, I don't want to hear your conversations for half an hour. <laughs> Just please carry on. Go to, finish your conversations at home. Asalaamu Alaikum. Go in the car and then leave. That's, that's one of my pet hates. Yeah, yeah. So okay. it's just like, why? <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's one of them. Fair enough. One of many. Many will come, I'm sure. <laughs> that, the happiest moment in your life? Getting my uh, one million plaque for YouTube. Subscriber plaques. Definitely one of my highlights. And that is. That's a huge milestone. Alhamdulillah. MashaAllah. Um, saddest moment in your life? Saddest moment? Which really shook you, potentially changed you, went yourself for many days, weeks. Mm. That's, a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'd love to think about that, bro. Okay, we can come back to that. Yeah. Greatest achievement? Great, greatest achievement would be um, passing a million subscribers on YouTube. Okay. So, no idea of the saddest moment? Anyone, anyone ever turned you down from your hand in marriage? Broke your heart? Thankfully not. Yeah. <laughs> death in the family? Yeah, death in family. I'd say, because I was quite young when my um, uh, grandparents passed away. Alhamdulillah, I still have my parents, which I'm very grateful for. Um, but uh, I'd say the passing of my grandmother and my, love, mercy my grandparents. I'll tell you something that scares me. I, I know it's a bit of a digress because I'm yet to experience a very close family member passing away because Alhamdulillah mm. my parents are still alive. Um, <clears throat> I never got to see my paternal grandfather, my dad, I never got to see him. He passed away when we were kids in Bangladesh, so I never actually got to see him. Mm. Um, my daddy passed away, my biological daddy passed away. Mm. Um, so the only grandparent that I had was my nana, and he passed away in Bangladesh, mm. right? So as a family, we're yet to have a very close immediate family pass away and I'm not scared of that day bro same man I, I try not I mean I know you're supposed to think about it and be prepared for it yeah of course but it's something that I try not to think about yeah. too much because um, you know it's it's something that's uh, it, it's, it's sad isn't it it's, it's it, very it, sad and scary yeah it's scary uh, and I said alhamdulillah I have both my parents yeah. and they're super supportive and I don't want to even think about yeah. time without them uh, obviously we have to be realistic we're here 100%. On this earth, everybody who's come here will have to go eventually. But it's something that I try not to think about too much. Bro. Yeah, it's a scary thought. Um, last one, your favourite podcast, uh, excluding Blood Brothers. Obviously Blood Brothers. Because <laughs> it's uh, favourite podcasts. Yeah. Um, it could be Muslim, non-Muslim, mainstream, anything tech related. What's, 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 your, what's a podcast that you tune into, fair amount, or you follow quite attentively? You can. Um, I... So I, I listen to a range of podcasts. I wouldn't say there's one specific one. Obviously, I listen to some of Joe Rogan, okay. uh, Lex Friedman Wicked. as well. Okay. Um, and, For uh, the big boys. Yeah, Freshly Grounded, yeah. Uh, 
shout out to Fessel. Um, yeah, listen, listen to a few different episodes. Okay. Blood Brothers as well, of course. Um, so Alhamdulillah, there's, there's a range of podcasts that I listen to. Masha'Allah. I wouldn't say that I'm like, um, I listen to something specific. That you're, not, I you're, not, you're not a podcast groupie for anyone. No, I wouldn't be. I, I, I just, if there's a good topic that I want to listen to, then I'll, then I'll put that on. But in terms of your line of work, what you're doing, is, is there any kind of tech-related podcast that you listen to? There, there are some really good tech-related podcasts um, from some of my friends as well. So Marquez Brownlee has okay. the Waveform podcast, which okay. if, if it's tech stuff that I want to listen to. Mm-hmm. But generally, because I'm so involved in tech, when it comes to a podcast, I, I like to listen to something else. Fair enough. And something to sense. kind of break away from it. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, we met for the first time in person not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about probably it was about three four months ago. We yes. met at the opening of Wahid's London branch, mm-hmm. and when we met, you told me that on the way up to there, you were listening to the Yasser Qadi podcast. I was indeed, and I was truly honoured, bro. Uh, I was honoured because not that I didn't think that someone like Super Saf wouldn't listen to my the Blood Brothers podcast, but it's more mm. to do with the fact that I watched your podcast with Khabib. And I really watch podcasts. Mm. And I watch that podcast for multiple reasons. Omar is a good friend of mm-hmm. mine, of both of ours. Khabib oh, um, is someone who I've been following f- since the beginning of his career. So I watched that podcast. Mm. Also, Khabib understood your English, but he didn't understand Omar's English. Yeah? Because the South London English yeah, is, is, yeah. is a struggle. So there, so there was an immediate vibe there, a linguistic yeah, yeah. vibe there, right? And just the fact that you said to me, look, bro, you know, we met and you showed me some love and I was truly cherished and honoured and that's why I made this podcast happen because I really want to sit down and, and converse with you, bro. Well, I've got to give a shout out to my um, cousin Cass. Yeah, big up to Cass. Yeah, BFF, <laughs> mashallah. So he um, recommends, especially when it comes to podcasts that uh, involve anything to do with the deen, right? Yeah, yeah. He will always share and it'll be like, this is something really good to listen to. Mm. And he shared the podcast with you and uh, Brother Hamza, which, uh, which I heard, and uh, obviously with Yasir Qadi as well. And um, yeah, I, I've listened to a few others after that as well. Yeah. And Alhamdulillah, you're doing a good job. And the thing is, like, I think we spoke about this briefly as well, that um, there, there needs, there's a space for podcasts where, you know, when you bring the guests on, it's not always just happy, happy. It's just yeah. you actually, you know, Roll them sometimes, which is needed because you want to get bro. them out of your comfort zone. 100%, especially bro. if it's somebody that you're comfortable with, like Brother Hamza. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You want you want you want to you want to ask them questions which others maybe won't be able to ask yeah, yeah. or might not be on the same level to be able to ask. Hundred percent. So Alhamdulillah, I, I really enjoyed it, and it's uh, and with the Blood Brothers podcast, there's there's, there's definitely a space for it. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Do you think I'll interrupt you much today? <laughs> this is be this is because that that was the first that that's the first one that I listened to you with Brother Hamza right now obviously I hadn't listened I had seen you know I was aware of who you are yeah, but yeah. I hadn't actually heard a full podcast yeah. and now you know being somebody who does podcast myself one of the things that you like one of the things that's very important is to you know completely let the cast finish before you say anything yeah. and I was just like. This guy, man, why is, yeah. why is he why is he interrupting Brother Hamza? <laughs> and then um, I I got the context later on yeah, because yeah. of obviously you guys are yeah, we're, we're good like friends. brothers, you're yeah, good friends, and, good friends. And, and and then once I kind of you know finished listening to the podcast, yeah. I had a I had a different uh, view of it yeah, yeah. to when I came in initially as somebody that was a bit of an outside outsider. I think what it right. is is just just on the podcast tip. Um, I've been on TV bare times, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm talking like. Kay Birdie, Piers Morgan, um, Nikki Campbell, I mean, all the prominent British pundits and, and presenters, and they used to give me a hard time, mm. right? Constantly interrupting. Um, they'd, they'd always interrupt me, but with other non-Muslim guests that they had on, 
for whatever reason they may align with them from a world view point of view would let them have uninterrupted time generally speaking i do mm. not do that to my guests even those who might disagree but hamza was uh, hamza yes. was 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 an exception because of the brotherhood that we had yes. and i had by the way i had lots of blowback from that as well why is this brother always interrupting why yeah. is it? but sometimes bro you know what it is with podcasts especially the muslim podcast scene mm. there's so many recycled guests Yes. You find one guest that's doing the rounds in all the podcasts. And one of the challenges we have at the Blood Brothers is how do we make this specific guest unique to everything else that he's done elsewhere? Yes. Some people don't mind. They'll feel like, okay, as an example, bro, we've got Super Saf here. We'll just talk about whatever Super Saf wants to talk about. Khalas, mm. done. Do you understand? Whereas I always see it as, hold on, Saf's been there, there, there and there. I need to find a unique angle somewhere. Yes. Or else they're just coming here to listen to what they've, what they've listened or heard or seen elsewhere. Yeah. And that's something that's unique about the Blood Brothers yeah, podcast. It is. And it is, this is what actually made me want to listen to more. But as somebody who, and, and those comments as well are yeah. from people who are probably just kind of coming in 100%. and kind of like, oh, hold on, what's, what's going on <laughs> yeah. right here? And that's my initial impression. But obviously after hearing the context and hearing more episodes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of realized, and obviously after meeting you in person as well, mashallah. Thanks, Seth. Right, let's start with how you got into tech and gadgets because mm. brothers who I've grown up with that have similar interests like yours please forgive me for the language like tech nerdy geeky kind of guys right these are some of the brothers who used to like back in the day they used to unlock the phones to all networks the Nokia oh, yeah. phones back in the day yeah, yeah. yeah? <laughs> or, the, or they used to get you the you know the, the ringtones yeah? Yeah, yeah the kind of um da, 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 da. Or like ding, 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 all the Snoop Dogg to ringtones. Yeah. They, they used to unlock all the stuff on the phones. That was me, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> make it all networks. Yes. You know, you know, you, you bring a 3310 or a 7610 matrix to someone. Yes. I've opened up to all the networks. I've said it was Orange, One to One, Vodafone, yeah. BT, yes. yeah, or two. That yeah. was it. That's those it. are the brothers that were into that stuff, and they're still into that stuff. Yes. Was that you? That was the, you. Just described me there, right? There. <laughs> literally, I was the guy. Anybody wanted the phone unlocked. Uh, anybody wanted uh, one of the latest ringtones or you know remember on those uh, 3210s 3310s you had the little graphic of course yeah so uh, I would be the guy who'd be able to hook You're you up guy, yeah. yeah yeah so um, but that, that kind of ran as a theme throughout like yeah. especially with family and friends if they wanted to buy a new phone mm. if they wanted to buy any piece of tech whether yeah. that be like a laptop or a TV they'd come and ask me for advice first before even if it was a, like a monitor they'd yeah. be like Saf is this good is this good for the price and I'd be like, nah, actually, you probably want to get this one. And that was something that was a running theme from when I was very young. And, you know, there's, there's certain things which you don't really realize why you're passionate about, why you're interested in. It's just, it's just comes to you, right? So, so in school, did you like IT? So IT, like, this is the thing. Uh, I, I did do IT, but um, I'm not somebody who kind of, kind of sticks to something. I, I want to kind of go out and explore okay. and, and do my own thing. So I was making websites in HTML and okay. CSS okay. In, in school when that wasn't even a thing. Wow. Like they would never actually tell you that this is what you have to do or whatever. That's not what you were taught. You were taught Microsoft Word and Excel and yeah, whatever. Yeah, and I'm it. like, I'm, I'm way past this, right? <laughs> I want to go and build my own website. So I'd go and do that. At 15, 16? Yeah, yeah. So wow. just very early on. And then I got very interested in uh, Adobe Flash as well. Okay. You're old enough to know that. Some hey. of the guests hey. might be like, huh, what's this? Yeah, Adobe Flash, bro. come on, Adobe Flash. Also. So I was actually an Adobe Flash um, expert. So like, that's what I you know, got my first job in as well. So I was an Adobe Flash designer. But I think the thing with me is what I've always been, which I think is a little bit unique, I think, is that I've always had an interest in 
the technical side of things as well as the creative side. Usually you get somebody who's just a creative and sometimes you get somebody who's just technical, right? So when I used to build websites, I used to incorporate motion graphics and okay. interactivity with that, which was quite unique at the time. There wasn't many people doing that. So I'd, I'd combine, so I'd be coding at the background, but I'd also be designing and, you know, making elements in 3D. And that's something that I think, you know, you don't usually find, which is something that I think I, I really like doing is looking at the creative side as well as the technical side. Saf, I tell you something, bruv. Khabib was right, it's crazy. You've got those glasses on, it's like me talking to myself. <laughs> tell the viewers what Khabib said about the glasses. Tell them about that. Yeah, so um, uh, these sunglasses are part of the brand. Yes. They, they always stay on, even in videos and everything. Okay. Um, uh, but during the Khabib podcast, um, he was happy, he was fine. He was just like, cause- It's crazy, cause I'm just seeing myself there. It's, it's no, so so what's, what's interesting <laughs> is right now, say for example, um, you've got the notes there, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, when, every time you look down to the, your notes, the viewers will see that unless you cut to me, right? Yeah. If I've got these on, I can easily be looking at my cue cards without anybody even, so you don't know where my, you yeah, don't know where my, yeah, yeah. like no, obviously no. I'm facing you right yeah, now, yeah, yeah. but I could put my eyes down, you wouldn't know, no, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Um, and in the same way, it's a Casey Neistat hack, who's a, okay. a good friend of mine, yeah. lovely, lovely guy. Um, but for instance, when you're vlogging, you have a tendency to look at the screen. Yep, that's just natural, do. right? Yep, yep, of course. But you're not looking at the camera because that's where the line of sight should be. So in the same way, when I'm doing a video, for instance, right? And I'm looking at the camera, sometimes I'll have my eyes closed because I'm trying to think of what I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody knows. So that's one of the hacks, right? But it's almost become a bit of a thing. But with Habib, we were sat down, we were talking about this and he was just laughing with me. And then he said, um, he goes, he, goes uh, he, he understood the, why I wear them. And I, I also gifted him a pair. I'd gift you a pair as well, but they're on back order. Uh, we've, got, we've got some stock coming, so inshallah, I'll get some out to inshallah. you. But I gifted him a pair of sunglasses as well. And then he was just like, I was, we were very close, like even closer than this yeah, yeah, yeah. in the setup. And he was just like, he was laughing that I can see, he can see himself. Yeah. I'm like, isn't that better than it looking is. at I my can, face? It's like a reflection. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a clear reflection. Yeah, so I'm like, but then I, I said to Khabib, isn't it better for you to look at yourself than me? Yeah. <laughs> He's just laughing about that. But then I did, I did remove them for that podcast. And also I think for that podcast, uh, you know, speaking of the Muslim money uh, matters, it's not about me. Right, it's about the guests and it's 100%. about the topics we're going to be discussing, which are about, you know, halal finance, the dangers of riba and these topics. So I don't kind of want the attention to be on me, right? The intention of the podcast is to be educating Muslims about um, finance and things like this, which we don't get otherwise. So I kind of want the attention off me anyway. So then for that, I think it actually makes sense for me to take these off. MashaAllah. How does it feel actually doing a podcast with Habib? Because... I mean, he's only done three external podcasts. Do you know that? Hmm. I mean, he's got his own Eagle FC podcast that he does, you know, that's MMA related under his kind of championship brand uh, or promotion. But he's done the Nelk Boys, hmm. you know, the Mike Tyson podcast, yes. which he said that he wasn't too impressed with. Yes. And then he done the Wahid Invest podcast. Hmm. How was it meeting Habib? Because not many people have that kind of close proximity. Yes. Let alone sit down with him and, have, and converse with him. How, how was he? Is he as people believe and seem to be? I, I felt that with the 10, 15 minutes I saw him, but you lot spent he's, a lot more time with him. Yeah, he's a lovely brother. He's, mm. you know, got just good things to say about Brother Habib. Sure. Lovely, lovely brother. I think, so the way I approach things personally is, you know, somebody might be a celebrity or whatever else. At, at the base of it, it's a person. Right. A human being. So a human being. So you need to speak to them as a human being. 
if you immediately come in with, oh my God, it's this person, there's already going to be that distance. And I think one of the things that, the feedback that I've had of the podcast with Habib was that they heard him speak like he's not, we were talking about Bollywood, for example, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, where would you hear Habib talk about that? Yeah. And it was, I think, um, the fact that we made him feel very comfortable. It was a really good podcast, yeah. bro. Alhamdulillah, thank you. And it's, it's really good to hear that feedback. And it was a conversation. Yeah. And that's what we wanted it to be. We didn't want it to be rigid in any way. We spoke about his training regime as well yeah. and how he trains the lads and how sometimes they'll come Friday, Saturday and, and you know, they, they want to rest. He's yeah. like, no, you can rest on Sunday, be back on Monday, yeah. Bollywood. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of topics that were discussed yeah. and, you know, um, at, at the same time, we did get the message across about, you know, his views on Ribar mm-hmm. and, you know, how he handles his finances and things like that, which which was the important thing. Absolutely. But at the same time, you don't want it to just be about that. 100%. Right? You want everything like things that other people wouldn't, you know, in the same way when you look at uh, for the Blood Brothers podcast, mm-hmm. you you know that this person has been interviewed a hundred times, thousand times, On a right? specific subject. Yeah. How do you make this person talk about things that they've not talked about before? How much prep did you and Omar do for that podcast? Not too much. So the thing is, uh, so funny story, I'll tell you about, about the be- bit of the behind the scenes, right? So um, we, we had put some questions together because his team did want to see it, which is understandable. Now, some of the questions, um, you know, Habib looked at them straight away and he was just like, I'm not Mufti Mek. Um, because at the end of the day, he doesn't want to say something. He doesn't want to get the power, innit? Yeah, which which people are gonna then yeah, yeah, yeah. grab onto because he's he's uh, obviously he's a he's a very good practicing Muslim, but he's not somebody that's a scholar, right? Yeah. So I think he kind of got the initial wrong impression about the questions, and then um, you know Asad came over to me and he was just like, "Look, you know, Habib's not too happy about the questions. Can you guys go have a, have a word with him?" So I went in straight away mm. and I said, Salam alaikum, brother Mufti Menk. <laughs> That's what I said to him. And he was initially like, kind of like, what these questions? And then he smiled because obviously, but th- th- that's the way I approached him. And then we, we had a chat and we said, look, Habib, brother, you know what? Let's put these questions away. Let's just have a chat, yeah. right? Let's just have a chat. And he felt so much more comfortable Come with that. Know. And I think this is the thing that, you know, when you sent me the questions for this podcast, I was like, look, I'll have a look at them, but I'm not going to think about them too much because I want it to be natural. And I think that was what made it really good. And Alhamdulillah, we've had and said such good feedback. Even Habib really enjoyed the podcast. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, that was, and that was our first one as well. That was wicked. So thrown right into the deep end. Yes. But uh, brother Omar as well, such a lovely brother. Legend. You know, and you know, having somebody like there as a co-host who makes the guests feel at ease. But he's also so knowledgeable. He is. Mashallah. So, so knowledgeable. So especially indeed. when it comes to things where I even, you know, like the, the, the concept of the podcast is you've got Omar who's very knowledgeable and especially in finance and halal finance. You've got me who's not an expert, but somebody who's coming in as a regular person. Yeah. We'll discuss about life in general, other things. And then when it comes to those particular topics, Omar can step in. So I think it was a combination of... No, you've got good mojo there, bro. Definitely, mashallah, good mojo. Um, back to the kind of technical and creative side of the stuff that you were interested in, right? Um, again, I'm, I'm, I want to, because I'm curious, yeah. what's your thoughts on why BlackBerry failed or went downhill as a, as a, as a mobile phone? Because it was, it, it was yeah. the phone for like business people, it was. Uh, office people, corporate people. I mean, I had a few Blackberries myself. What, yeah. what killed off BlackBerry? Was BBM was, was massive. BBM was massive, but then WhatsApp kind of... Smashed it. Yeah, it did smash. So the thing is, um, firstly, I actually didn't back then. I I didn't get onto the BBM hype. Okay. I just 
I, I was I was different. I was different I like from that point of view, <laughs> because and and I think it simply comes down to and this is the case for 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 a few different things like Windows phones as well, right? Mm. Too little, too late. Too little, too late. Yeah. And the thing with uh, this industry that we live in right now, social media technology, how fast it's moving. Mm -hmm. If you don't keep up with the times, you get left behind, and that's simply what happened with BlackBerry. They didn't move quick enough to adopt what was happening. And the same with Windows Phone as well, right? Yeah. You've got these big players now. Obviously, Apple came in, changed the game. Whether you're an Android a fan or a, an Apple fan or whatever fan, you can't deny that the, the iPhone game. changed the game completely, right? We had that on Nokia's. Again, same with Nokia. Yeah, crazy. Too, too little, too late. So And they were the dons of the mobile scene for you, years. You, you couldn't imagine anything knocking Nokia, Nokia off. You just like not, oh, Motor never, never not, not Motorola, not Panasonic. Yeah, none of them came. None of them came close. None of them came close. Samsung was pretty good with their flip phones and yep. things like that. But then there was just Nokia was just dominant. What about Sony Ericsson? Do you remember Sony Ericsson I, phones? I had, I had the K seven hundred. Hundred percent big phone. That, that was that was good. Mo and you had the Walkman phone Walkman as well. Walkman phone as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I had all of those, man. But what happened with all of them? Was it just a case that they just were too slow? With well, the times. well, I mean, with, with Sony, obviously, they, um, you know, did go on to make the smartphones. Yeah. Uh, Motorola, again, still makes them. But then, you know, the ones that really took off, and I think Samsung mm. were the ones who really kind of saw, okay, we've got Android. And if you look at the f first few Samsung devices, you know, they looked a lot like the iPhones. They right? did. But they just didn't work as well, right? But then when you got to things like the Galaxy S3, then it's just like, okay, now Samsung means business, right? Yeah. You've got amazing displays because guess what Samsung makes the displays for all the devices anyway right yep. okay you've got really good cameras there's so much that they bought and I think Samsung's a great example of somebody who you know a, a company that kept up and like okay no here's 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 some competition coming in let's make some changes and really take advantage of it whereas you know others like Nokia Blackberry Windows Phone mm. they was they were too slow and you can't be slow in in this environment um, on to a bit about laptops. Um, okay. Dell. What do, you, what do you think Dell as a laptop? Dell makes some really good laptops. The mm -hmm. XPS series is really good. I used that for a long time as well. They a still make some excellent laptops, man. Acer? Acer, very, very good as well. I'm talking yeah. about all the laptops I've had. But yeah. <laughs> no, but this is the thing. There's so much competition in, in the area. The, the ones, so for example, I work with lots of different laptop uh, manufacturers. Yeah. The one that I work with most is Asus. Okay. Right Now, they do sponsor me, okay, right, for, for videos that we've worked together, Big but in terms Asus. of creativity, yeah. right, folding laptops. You've got folding laptops, Lenovo, another one who do things mm. like that. It's innovation, I love seeing that. Yeah. Because right now, how many people do you know with a folding laptop? Not many. No, not many. That, that's the thing, it's something new, right? Why wouldn't Apple do something like that? Apple will do something like that. The what? thing with Apple is Apple works quite differently, right? They let, they, they, they have, have a look and see when something settles as a form factor or something different, and then they'll come in with it. So for example, they don't have folding devices yet, folding phones and things. Okay. But if you look at folding phones, uh, the category isn't fully matured yet. No. So for them to come in with something that, you know, is essentially they're letting everybody do the oh, R&D so, for them. Okay, so, okay so, basically, <laughs> so basically what you're saying is someone like Apple will basically see how the market has taken to something like folding laptops, yep. see how well it's been received or not, and they just come along and smash it. Yeah, so that's what they do. And, it, and it's, it's a very, they can do that now. Remember when, when they came up with the iPhone, it was completely brand new, right? Yeah. When they came up with the iPad, it was again new, it's fresh, right? Mm. But right now they're in a position where Pretty much everybody who's everybody has an iPhone, right? Basically. So when they want to come up with something, there's a certain level of expectation that you have. 
you can't have a folding phone that's going to get a crack in the middle, for example, from Apple. That's yeah. not going to be good for them, yeah. right? So they're going to have to make sure that it's matured enough, then, okay, now we come in with that. That's what they do, man. Crazy, and they do man. it really well. You can't deny. <laughs> right, so from unlocking phones to uh, making websites, HTML websites and Adobe Flash, where was the leap from that to reviewing gadgets and tech and phones and laptops and stuff? Where, 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 where was that leap? When did that happen? So I'm, I'm somebody, you know, we were talking about moving with the time, so yeah. being left behind, right? Yeah. I'm somebody who is, uh, well, maybe I'm slowing down as I'm getting older, but I'm very aware that if you carry on doing the same thing, if I was still doing Adobe Flash websites, guess what? I'd be unemployed right now. <laughs> I wouldn't have a job, yeah. right? Because it doesn't exist anymore. So I saw the trend, um, Steve Jobs, said that Adobe Flash is not going to be supported on iPhones and iPads. I was very upset by that, by the yeah. way. But then I saw the trend. I was like, okay, this is not working anymore. What do I do? So I picked up a camera. Okay. Okay. Now, I've always been quite creative visually, you know, get my dad's camcorder, Someone. filming some little clips with my brothers, yeah. right? So I thought, okay, I'm going to buy a camera. No experience, no training whatsoever. Bought a DSLR camera. Just freestyle it. Yeah, freestyle it. Started taking photos and videos because I was always into that anyway, right? Made some little action movie trailers, mm -hmm. things like that. You, you'll see them. Some of them are still online. <laughs> but, you know, just, just <clears throat> testing out a few different things. And from there, a lot of people started asking me for advice. So I already had my family and friends asking me for advice when they wanted to buy a new smartphone, when mm -hmm. they wanted to buy a new laptop, tablet, etc. But then that moved from my family and friends circle to people random people online saying, oh, what camera shall I buy? I love, I love the photos that you're taking. Asking yeah. you? Yeah, asking me. And, and where, on which platform would they be asking you this? This was like on Facebook, okay. on Twitter, you know, things like that. So I was just like, okay, let me reply to all these people. And you're trying to keep up with messages, trying to like say, oh, what you, you know, trying to find out people's requirements and things like that. So I thought, let me make some tech videos, right? Let me make a video kind of summarizing my experience with this camera. For YouTube? For YouTube. And when did you, when, on what year did your first YouTube go? Video 2012. January of 2012 was when my first video on YouTube, on this channel. I had made some other stuff before, mm. but this was the main, on the tech side of things, the tech focus. When did you hit 50,000, do you remember? 50,000 was probably in 2013. Oh, so towards the end of 2013. 100,000? 100,000 I think was 2014, end of 2014. Half a mil? Half a mil, probably 2016. And the one mil? 2018. Six years. Six years. Wow, so. so Alhamdulillah, it was, it was a different environment back then, right? There mm -hmm. wasn't as many people. I remember I did a talk uh, at um, in, uh, Blackburn uh, University um, and I did some research for that. And back then, 100 <coughs> hours of YouTube video was being uploaded every single minute, right? So this is talking 2013, 2014. Now, 500 hours of YouTube video is being uploaded every single minute. Wow. So content, now everybody wants to be a content creator, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's funny, I, I actually saw this in the news that um, you know, people are like getting worried because they need construction workers, plumbers, all the kids these days want to be a YouTuber. YouTuber <laughs> want yeah. a TikToker, content blogger, creator, basically. Blogger, yeah. yeah. So it's just like all of these skilled jobs that people are needed. Like, there's not really, there's not much uptake for it. And it's just ideal for Gen Z, isn't it? 
It, is, it literally yeah. fits into exactly what, well, what what's been defined as the kind of things that they gravitate towards. Yeah. Content creators, TikToker, YouTuber. Yeah. How much pressure is there for you to create content? There's a lot. Because because I guess <clears throat> I guess if you stop making content, you, mm. for sure your ch- your channel will sit there and, and it'll, uh, it'll accumulate subscribers from older videos. Yes. But is there a pressure to always be creating content? There is. There is. Um, Less so from the YouTube algorithm. A lot of people blame the YouTube algorithm. I've got my thoughts about it, but a lot of people blame it saying, oh, if you don't upload for this amount of time, then, you know, your channel is not going to work anymore. What is that amount of time that you've heard? Well, there's, there's lots of rumors about a few months if you don't upload, but more so it's about viewership, right? So, for instance, if you own a restaurant, right, that sells great stuff, uh, or, or you own a cafe, for example, and there's regulars at that cafe that keep coming back to that cafe, mm. and then you close for a year, mm-hmm. right? And you relocate. How many of those original customers are going to come back? They, they're Not gonna, many. They would have found somewhere else of to course. go, right? So in the same way, if you use that analogy on a YouTube channel, there's viewers who come back to watch your content. Now, if you're away for a year, or even like you know a few months, they're going to find other people to watch, which is. Fair enough, right? That's normal. That's normal. But then as a content creator, you have that pressure of constantly uploading. Like I, I can't take a break for more than like a couple of weeks, right? Maximum. But even then I've kind of worked really hard to prepare content that I can be posting on that time, right? Uh, what's the longest uh, time you've taken off in not being in front of a camera creating a video? What's the longest time? Maximum week, I would say. A week, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I guess in your line of work, you can't even like block film stuff, can you? Because because there's stuff, new stuff that's always coming out, new stuff to review. Exactly, exactly. You hit the nail on the head because a lot of people will say, oh, can't you just, you know, batch film and then, you know, feed the content? And that's easier said than done in the tech space because the tech space is very much based on what's out there. So if there's a new iPhone, that's when there's going to be the buzz. You need to make sure you've got lots of content there because that's when everybody's going to be coming to watch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, I'll make videos, say, you know, six months later on the iPhone and things like that, which is all well and good. But really where you see the peaks are when new devices are released. So you have to be on there. And the thing is, you don't exactly know when they're going to be. Mm. Like Apple will um, give me a message like uh, a, week, uh, a week before the launch. So you'll hear about the announcement. They'll be like, okay, we're going to go to Cupertino next week. Can you make it? So you kind of have to keep. So September, I usually keep free. <laughs> So it's just like, anybody asks me, oh, do you want to do, like, should we go somewhere in September? No, sorry, can't do it. When was the first time one of the big boys got in touch with you? It was, I think, one of the, one of the first ones would have to be, I'd say, Samsung. Wow. Um, after seeing the content, there Wait, was... Uh, what, what year was that? Uh, 2016, I would say. So you've already passed, the, you've already passed six figures on YouTube? Yes, yes. Yeah. So um, I was actually really, to, to be fair... I've learned a lot, obviously, in my time, but I was somebody who was just making content in my room, mm. um, in my bedroom, and just like kind of getting on with it. I wasn't really going to many events. Um, I think the one, one of the first events I actually went to uh, was a Motorola device. So Big up a, to Motorola yeah. StarTac. Yeah. Do you so, that phone? Yeah, yeah. It was, a, <laughs> such, a, it was such a gangster classic. phone. Yeah. It was, and LG was another yeah, one. Who, now again, LG, they don't make smartphones anymore. Yeah. They've, they've uh, wrapped up on that side, but they were one of the first ones to actually invite me in London. Um, but in terms of actually doing some activities and things, um, I, I, I'd, I'd say Samsung was one of the first where I actually, you know, went out to 
uh, I believe it was Berlin, did mm. a project with them and things like that. Wicked. So, yeah, Apple? So Apple, um, I believe, was in 2018 or 2019. Uh, so Apple generally used to only work with journalists. So, you know, magazine journalists, newspaper journalists. And they'd have sites. a set list of journalists that they deal with. It's yeah. not even everyone. They'd, they'd have a set list of journalists who are specialists in those, in those areas. In those areas. Uh, and they reached out to you in 2018. Yeah, so That's this was... huge stuff. It was, it was, alhamdulillah. And, you know, from, from that point of view, because they started to then work with, you know, content creators, yeah. right? Where they started to, and, and they were pretty late to the game, I'll be honest, like in, you know, others were already doing that. Um, and then um, they started like inviting myself to events and, you know, like Apple events or just something else like going to Cupertino to yeah. the Steve Jobs Theater. Yeah, like that place, the vibe there is just something else. So yeah, that's, that's, that's gonna be one of the highlights. Like I'm sure for a lot of people being able to go to one of the Apple events, which you see online. How often do you, how often do you, so, so there's like a cliche stereotype of like fintech, well, like techie guys, like, yeah. oh my God, I, I, I went to this meeting and it was like so much, it's so new and this is so, <laughs> it's so cool and welcome. Is that what it's really like? A lot of like people who are dressed really fancy and, and wokey and like. No, no, man. Or the different types of people that you you've meet You've got people from all around the world and a few of the friends that I've actually yeah. made there and like got close with, um, you know, shout out to my brother Khalifa Al Haroon from Qatar, right? So again, he's there, and then that's where we actually met was an Apple event first, okay. right? And now we're like really close friends. So you get you get people from all around the world, Wicked. right? And everybody kind of comes together for this tech launch. And as I said, like you know, one of the things we always complain about as content creators is you go to these events and they'll you know they'll try to create a bit of a um, a bit of a vibe. So it's like moody lighting and stuff like yeah. that. And it's just like, bro, I want to try to film this device. The lighting's rubbish. So it's not so. so it's <laughs> you know what I mean? You, but Apple, yeah, beautiful white, yeah. bright light. They want their products to look their best. They understand it, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is the thing which I think a lot of other brands are now starting to understand. They're like, okay, look, if we're calling journalists from all of the world, right, we want our products to look best. Hundred percent. You you've got the best lighting possible. You've got you know everything's perfect, right? And that's something that you'd find that you'd struggle with in so many other events, man. Like it used to be such a struggle. You're like, why are you doing this? Like, I want to make your products look good, but the lighting is so bad here. Yes, it's got the vibe. It's got, you know, like the moody sort of edgy lighting and stuff, but it's just like, it's about the product. Who cares about all of this? How did you feel when, 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 when Samsung and Apple reached out to you? Because that's, that's, that's a huge achievement, bro. I mean, I mean, to deem that, they know of your existence. They follow. Mm. They know that you you create content in relation to their industry, yeah. and that you were important enough for them to reach out to. That's a huge thing, bro. It is. Alhamdulillah. And um, how did you feel when they when, when they first reached out? Or was it just more? Because I'm not. I'm not saying that you should be like, wow. Some people should be like, ah, oh, meh. Okay, cool. No, no. I, I mean, for me, obviously, working in the industry for so long, um, it was amazing. Like being recognized for your work in particular, because obviously, if they've got in touch with you then you know that you must be doing something right, mm. okay? So them coming and, and wanting to invite you to their events, which are quite exclusive because, hey, they can't invite everybody, right? Not. So being able to do that and, you know, especially getting early access to devices, that's something that's a huge, huge that's thing. Huge, bro. Yeah, being able to get early access. And remember, like, I'm, I, I review technology, so sometimes I'm critical of, of devices, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, for them to be able to still invite you, despite you being critical for some of the devices, they see that you've been constructive, you've been professional in your coverage, that they actually want to call you over. You know, if you're somebody who's just going to be, you know, bashing somebody for the hell of it, 
then they're not really going to oh, be interested. Okay, let me ask you something. Then. What has been your most scathing criticism in terms of video or, or model for the iPhone? What's been, what's been your most critical video or review of, of an iPhone model? Well, I think the, the thing is, if we look at iPhones... I'm an iPhone fan, example, by the way. Yeah, well, I, I, I literally work with my iPad, my ear. You're full on you're the full Apple on, ecosystem. Full, full on the Apple system. Um, so so <laughs> I, I, I think... Um, I don't think there's necessarily been a bad iPhone. Let's right? deal with some myths. Do they purposely put glitches in there so they don't update and you have to buy the new model? Well, it seemed like that, didn't it? With because, the, because that's, 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 that's what the... Um, but there was obviously more to that story because like, battery technology is such that it degrades over time, right? And in order to be able to... Because wallahi, my iPhone starts messing about after three years. Every <laughs> iPhone I get starts messing about. When I mean messing about, for example, it'll switch off randomly. Yeah. And then like... It, it just a funny stuff, but switching off randomly is the main one. Okay. Um, you know, the, the, the recording, the mic is, it starts messing up when, when it's not had any major falls or anything. So, you know, you're saying that about an iPhone right now, but I'd say that applies to pretty much every other device. Really? Yeah, yeah, because at the end of the day, um, the way it works is you have a piece of technology and you know how fast technology moves, right? Mm. Okay, like if you look at the chipsets, you know, mm. Um, right now, there are about four nanometers, which is microscopic, it's tiny, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so now when these uh, chipsets and everything get better, right, technology gets better, the software, how does it keep up? Of course. Right? So, so, so yeah. you've got new software, which is more demanding, especially with the camera apps and things like that, you know, like video creation apps and stuff. So as that develops, like the technology is still struggling to keep up. And if anything, like right now, I'd say, you know, Apple is really good at continuing to update devices. Probably the best in terms of... Um, it's about the iOS updates. Yeah. Google, obviously, because they, you know... Are Google. Yeah. Samsung has been really good recently. And lots of others are now starting to kind of come on that trend where they're going to support your device for a long time. Okay. But I think that's just a general thing with all devices, to be fair. Like, personally speaking, my advice to a lot of people is... Two to three years is what your device is going to last you, optimal. Don't get me wrong. Some people will have the same phone six years and they've got no problems with it. That's absolutely fine, right? But generally speaking, if you want to be up to date, you want to have the best cameras, you want the best experience. Two to three years. Three years, I would say, on average, for, for, for a regular person. You want to update your phone. Obviously, battery life, it's just the way battery technology works. Yeah. It degrades all the time, right? What iPhone do you have at the moment? It's 14 Pro Max. And what Samsung do you have at the S23 moment? S23 Ultra. Are those the two latest ones? Those are my two go-tos right now. Okay. Yeah, so they, they are the latest. So the Sweet. iPhone obviously came out in September yeah. and uh, the um, uh, Samsung came out in February. How often do you upgrade? Then as soon as there's a new model, you upgrade? Well, see, obviously I'm, I'm in a bit of a... So, <laughs> you know what's funny is before I actually started doing this, yeah. I would only upgrade my phone, I would say every, again, two to mm. three years, right? Um, usually three years, I would say, right? But because I do what I do, I'm always changing phones. So okay. my iPhone usually stays consistent throughout the year because that's like the iPhone. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have a SIM card in there. And then my Android phone will switch depending on what I'm reviewing. So I'm going to be doing my full review of the S23 Ultra. Then if I'm on something else, the SIM card will pop into that. Um, and then, you know, we'll switch throughout the time. So Which of your two phones do you prefer connecting to your car? Connect to my car? Yeah. Right now, it's uh, the Samsung. Okay. Because again, I, I'm, I'm reviewing that, so okay. you know I have to get that full experience. Yeah, I have yeah. to be using it day to day to really tell you what's good and what's bad about it. Now let's 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 kind of move towards right. 
I wouldn't say the darker side of, of smartphones and tech and stuff like that. It's, okay. it's the impact that it's had yes. on humanity. Yes. And, and, and especially the youth, uh, how, how much people are glued onto their phones. There's, mm-hmm. there's scientific research out there that have sought direct links and correlations between screen time, yes. especially in the age of social media. So I do need to make that distinction. I'm not t- I'm talking about smartphones in context of social media, yes. right? Because yes. smartphones can be used for multiple things, to be yeah. honest. We're talking about its usage in light of social media. Mm-hmm. Um, how much screen time do you have? Do you have? Do you have yeah. Sc- so <laughs> I, I, between both of the phones, yeah, uh, I'd average about five to six hours of screen time a day, which is quite a lot, obviously. Okay. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm there there thereabouts yeah. as well. So. But that's due to the line of work that we do. You, th- yes. th- th- there is a requirement to be constantly on the phone yes. for news to post on socials and stuff. I mean, do you acknowledge or have you observed the effect that it's had in social media, smartphones and the youth? I mean, it's affected me personally. My attention span is a lot lower than it used to be. I mostly watch YouTube videos in two times speed. Okay. Right. Really? Right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. one I'm, and a half? Well, uh, one and a half sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, because the thing is, I want to get the amount of information in the smallest amount of time possible, right? Uh, even when I'm editing video, I'm, yeah. e- I'm, edi- I'm editing in super speed, right? That's just the way my mind has now been programmed, right? So I fully firsthand understand the impacts of social media and the attention span. But I think it's especially, especially for kids, right? With the likes of TikTok. Yeah, it's crazy. You've got three seconds to catch their attention, otherwise they're onto the next video, right? And it is, I mean, it's, it's such an interesting thing because as you said, technology, smartphones, it's an amazing invention. And what I always say is that we talk about cyborgs, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Terminator and yeah, stuff. Yeah, of and, course. and how we're going to, you know, are, are we going to become like part technology, part human, mm. right? And I'm like, we're already there. Mm. Like just our smartphone, mm-hmm. without your smartphone, Delhi, what are you like? Like without your smartphone, you are not as smart, <laughs> right? <laughs> You know, no, no, I'm just saying, like, in terms of the knowledge that yeah, you have, course, right? Of course, access Communication, to Communication, yeah, right? Yeah, of okay, right? Right now, before, like, you know, if you, if you wanted to, like, just message somebody or whatever, like, you know, you obviously knock sure. him, but back, back in the day, there wasn't all of this. Yeah, yeah. You've got alarm clock on your phone. But you've got, ev- you got everything at your Literally disposal. Everything at your everything. disposal is There's there. There's not a Casio watch for an alarm. It's got your clock. You can count you your know. calories, how much you're walking, measuring everything. everything. Everything and you know what, like even uh, and there's lots of positives to it as well, yeah, right? Course. You can have your Quran up on there, hundred percent, and you can recite yes. whenever you want, right? There's there's a lot of good that comes from it, but that's with everything, isn't there? Yeah. There's lots of good and there's lots of bad. Now, when you mix social media into it, right, then that changes it because social media there's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad as well. But I think nobody can deny that it's addictive, mm. especially for younger kids, right? Uh, I'm addicted to social media. I'm I'm first to put my hands up, right? Like after a bit, like if I haven't been on Twitter to see what's going on, you know, I, I feel a certain way. You know what I mean? So I, I'm like, that. if I've not checked my WhatsApp messages and I've got like 300 WhatsApp messages, I've got that urge <sighs> to go and check it, right? So as I said, I'm it's guilty. Crazy. I'm cra- guilty as the next person. It's crazy, bro. Because I mean, big up teeth for even admitting that on camera, but it is, it is. It's crazy how much, how, how reliant we are and, and, and how, dare I say even the word dependent. We are. Because, yeah. um, you know, I'm a father. I know you, you know you're an aspiring father. We have loads of nephews and nieces between yes, us. Yes, I do. So, how yeah. would you manage screen time for kids? Okay. So, okay. So, firstly, let me just give a disclaimer. Right. Yeah. I am 
not a father. Inshallah, no. I will be someday. Inshallah. Right? So it's very easy for me to say things. Tell, right? me, how, tell me the thoughts that you yeah. had. Yeah, because, you know, being a parent and not being a parent are obviously two different things. I can say a lot of things. All of these things might go out the window when I've got a kid and be like, all right. <laughs> listen to this, yeah? You, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, there's an old English adage, do as I say, not as I do. Yes. Right? So yeah. th- th- there's an ideal theory yeah. and then there's the implementation. Yeah, but this is the thing too. So I want to make that very clear yeah. first, right? Because yeah. I don't want to be sitting here because I, I know like people are like, oh yeah, it's easy for you to say, right? Yeah. But for me, social media, mm. right? For multiple reasons. Technology, I think, is very important, right? So... And, and you know, technology nowadays, like with smartphones, you could actually, you know, Android and Apple both have this, where you can limit screen time. Mm-hmm. So you could say in particular apps, okay, one hour on this app and that's it, that's what you're gonna get. So from that point of view, it's I think more easier than ever for you to control screen time for kids, right? So mm-hmm. that's something that I would want to implement. However, when it comes to social media, I'm still of the opinion that social media should have a minimum age. Really? And to me, that's 16, right? I think that's reasonable. Because social media has so many different impacts. Like we, we, we listen to like, okay, back in mine, mine your day, right? If you had a bully at school, right? That bully is contained. It's not right, don't get me wrong, but it's, no. it's contained to school. In the school. Now that bullying continues Spread. on social media. 100%, continues it, it and, and continues it spreads. And it spreads, this is the thing. So now the thing with social media is um, it's addictive, right? And especially for young kids, for your um, self-esteem and like, especially, you know, young girls. Yeah, now you're 100%. comparing each other. Always, right? constantly. Young boys yeah. have a certain perception of what success is. Yeah, what success is, yeah. what's like in terms of physically, yeah. right? Okay, what, what's how are you desi- to look? What's desirable and what isn't. It is. In fact, success and what's good and right is measured by the youngsters perceived on what they see and what they consume on social media. Exactly, exactly. And I think that can have such a negative impact, especially on young minds, because they're not old enough to understand that this is fake, right? Okay, I say it all the have time. You, have you ever had this, have you, have you ever bumped into like in network events that you've attended of, of, of the big boys? Hmm. Have you ever seen representatives of TikToks and, and, and Facebook? Have you, have you ever bumped into? Yeah, yeah, I have. I have interacted with a lot of them. Now, obviously as companies, they, you know, there's, there's lots of things that they're doing, but fundamentally it comes down to the individuals, right? Yeah, of course, okay? They want you to stay on their apps. Yeah. The more you stay on their apps, the more ads you're gonna see, mm-hmm. the more money they're gonna make. That's mm-hmm. just as simple as that. And that's just the way business works. So, you know, you can't really blame them because at the end of the day, it's a business, right? Okay, that's what they're gonna do. Now, it comes down to the individuals. If you have that addiction, right? Now, for instance, Apple and Android both have limitations. Mm-hmm. So for instance, you could set a limit that, okay, I spend too much time on TikTok. You could set your limit to one hour a day and then that app's gonna be grayed out, right? That's, that's available for you and they've made that available for you. But fundamentally, it comes down to the individual, doesn't it? 100%. And if you're a young child who doesn't fully understand the implications, right, then, you know, even more so, which is why, in my opinion, again, I know others will have different opinions to me, but I'd, I'd say the minimum age for social media that's a very reasonable would age, be 16. Bro. Like I, I told my nieces, I was like, I'm not gonna follow you back until you're 16, I think, right? I think that's a really reasonable age, yeah. because Allah, the, 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 the kind of content, I, I mean, look, I've never, TikTok is the one social media that I use the least, mm-hmm. yeah? As soon as I go into it, boom, yeah. madness, bro. It's madness. <laughs> it's madness. It is. It is. <laughs> From the moment you get in, I mean, yeah. first first it was Andrew Tate stuff, yeah, and that yeah. consumed, like, I'm like, I've just logged on to TikTok. Mm-hmm. 
Hadi mabara get here. And then there's obviously the kind of fasha that's on there as well. The, the kind of, like, I didn't sign up to people dancing and all this kind of like really mm. explicit stuff. And I'm thinking kids are being exposed to this, right? Mm-hmm. On Instagram, obviously you've got drill artists and loads of like people in the rap industry and stuff. They're projecting a certain life. And then all of a sudden you've got kids imitating that. And, and, and I'm just seeing the stuff that's being consumed is crazy. And to think that 11, 12, 13 year olds, younger than that are being- Bro, a bit, uh, bro. Uh, one of the things that you know uh, I talked about with uh, brother Muta, mm. Muta Bill, lovely brother. Uh, obviously, he was Legend. in the in the music industry, yeah. and you know we were talking about this. That right now, you can go onto TikTok, Instagram, top trending tracks. Right, the top trending tracks were more likely than not have explicit lyrics. Hundred percent. And when I'm talking like explicit, I mean yes, fully explicit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and kids are using them as backing tracks. Of course. I've seen parents with their kids with those, using with those, those explicit lyrics. Yes, and yes. That's something that I'm very passionate about. So like, uh, you know, whether or not, you know, there, there's, there's debates about whether or not music is um, permissible or not. I'm, I'm not gonna go into that. I'm not a scholar, mm. I can't go into that. What you can't deny, whoever you are, is that explicit, explicit lyrics that's are wrong. wrong. Yeah, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you, you simply cannot yeah, deny yeah. that. They're talking about women in a particular way. It's right? about violence in a particular violence way. Violence in a particular Making way. Making money in a particular way. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. There's all of these things which are glorified and normalized, right? It's crazy. You man. see people listening to this stuff. And as I said, like, you know, the, for me, the sort of peak of it was, mm. right? A very explicit sexual song that's mm. going in the background mm. and there's parents with the child. Crazy, bro. And I'm like thinking, <laughs> they, and I'm not blaming the parents there because they're so desensitized by society and the way what, what it's come to that they've not even realized that the lyrics are this explicit and what they're talking about and they've got their daughter sometimes it, the, sometimes, the sometimes the parents don't know what the lingo is uh, sometimes they're using certain slang and lingo exactly. that they, they, they don't understand right exactly. i'm not going to repeat that stuff but yeah yeah, yeah. i mean bring, bringing the podcast to a close okay. um what are your fears of becoming a father do you have any fears of becoming a father I'm a father. Yeah. I'm a father to daughters, brother, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm and I'm scared and I'm worried about raising them in a society where there is so much sexual exposure and and, mm. and, and, and explicit stuff. Then we've got stuff that's happening at schools, but that's a different conversation. But in line of in, in line with the stuff that you do, yes, tech, gadgets, smartphones, right? Um, I say girls mainly because um, it affects boys differently but it affects girls differently as mm-hmm. well, right? Um, boys tend to be affected by whether it's violence or, you know, materialism, Yanni. Right? Yes. Like, like clothes, garments, yes. drip, watches, yada, yada, yada. With girls, it's to do with beauty. Mm-hmm. It's, it's with how they're perceived as, as, and, and what is defined as beauty. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, what's, what makes them desirable to men and stuff like this. So I guess it applies to both boys and girls, but mm. do you ever have these worries and concerns and fears? I, I do, I do. Um, it's it's a challenging time. Mm. This is the thing. It's very different to when we grew up. There was challenges then as mm. well, but I think this is the most challenging time because mm. the influences that you have on social media are so much so. And again, like comparison, mm. right? Um, if you compare yourself to somebody who's showing five percent of their life, right? I, I get messages of myself, right? Well, I wish I had your life, right? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Alhamdulillah, I'm very blessed, but you have no idea what my life is, right? You have no idea. Don't get me wrong, Alhamdulillah, I'm very, very blessed, right? But for you to say that to somebody by what you see on Instagram, 
Sad. what they choose to show yeah, on Instagram, yeah, yeah. right? Okay, and again, there's like you know things like you know girls seeing certain role models who spend literally hundreds of thousands of dollars on you know surgery yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. It's setting a false. Yeah, perception yeah. of what is beauty, right? Absolutely. Okay. Now, again, I'm no beauty expert or something, but for a little girl who's seeing that and feeling bad about herself, that's not right. It's not you right. I mean, that's you know, that's sad that she's thinking, I'm not beautiful, and right? It will, and it will have an adverse impact. It will. It will. And like emotionally, psychologically, that the impact that that has on, on children, and I worry about it because you know I have nieces and nephews, and you know I see that already. So then I worry about it more. Mm. But when you know I will have my own children inshallah, inshallah. And, you know how i you know on the example that i have to set because remember i'm in this space mm. right i am part of this social media bubble that people see right mm. i do and, and and i'm fully you know transparent about it i share stuff i'm i'm not going to be sharing everything on instagram mm. for example i share potentially 5% of my life on there right obviously it's going to be the highlights it's going to be when I'm traveling business class to somewhere, when I'm in Dubai or Abu Dhabi. Or you meet someone prominent or famous. Yeah, when yeah. I'm with Habib, yeah. when I'm with the Islam Hashev, with Paul Pogba, all yeah. of these people, that's what I'm going to be sharing, right? Those are going to be the highlights. I'm not going to be sharing things that are, you know, not going to do well on social media. That's the bubble that you're in. Yeah. So I understand that. And as I said, my thinking is that once you're at a particular age, maybe 16 is when you start understanding that a little bit more, that what you're seeing isn't the full picture. When you understand that and you're aware of it and then you're in it, you're much, I mean, there's still risks, don't get me wrong. Sure. We still compare, I still compare myself subliminally. Yeah. You see somebody with, a, with you know, more success than you, you're like, oh, I wish, wish I had that, you know. But I'm aware of it. I can step back and think, hold on, wait, this, this is social media, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas when you're quite young, it's challenging. So, you know, may, may Allah make it easier for I all mean, of us. I mean, it's I mean, it's I, a challenge. And I'm glad you actually said that because as soon as you said that, a hadith came to mind. You know, when you said you'd look at someone else, you're like, I wish I had that. Mm. Or like, when, when, when can I be in a position to attain that? Mm. And the Prophet said in a hadith, he said, always look, always look to those who have less than you. Yes. Or in another wording variation, look to those who are in a worse situation than you. For verily, mm. you'll be grateful towards Allah's bounties upon you. Yes, indeed. Because it's not for looking at next man who's got everything or the 5% yeah. of what he's choosing to show you. Yeah, yeah. Always look at those who have yeah. got less than you. Yeah. Or, or in a worse situation because at that point you start actually appreciate the many, many endless barakah and favours that Endless blessings that we have. And you know, like we have so many blessings. I mean, you know, being here in the UK. Health. You know, health. You know, money that we have, roof of your head. 100%. A meal, right? I, I stopped, by the way, I stopped posting pictures of food. I stopped posting pictures of food a few years ago yeah. because I'm like, how, I'm sharing this, right? Because to me, there's certain things that are purely luxury. Mm. You have, um, you're traveling business class, that is clearly luxury, yep. right? You posting pictures of, uh, of a nice car or something, mm. right? That's clearly luxury. Yep. But something like food is something that's should be for everybody, right? Yeah. And if I'm posting- It's, it's, it's a basic necessity. Exactly. It's a basic and, thing. And if I'm posting that, so I stopped I stop doing that. Right. Occasionally, if, if say my friend's got a restaurant and I'm trying to just promote it, I'll you know share some pictures or if I go there or anything like that. That's that's a little bit different. But I've I've stopped sharing these things because it's it it doesn't feel right, bro. Now we're filming this podcast on Wednesday, the twenty second of March. Uh, Ramadan starts after Maghrib. Inshallah. Um, inshallah, this episode will probably drop in Ramadan as well. Yes. Last concluding parting advice. Uh, I know you're not a sheikh. But, but just some advice to those who are glued onto their smartphones 
for hours and hours, mm. um, what would some advice be? Is there is, is there a healthy way to use your use a smartphone? There there is there is a healthy way. Um, I'm not the best example of it, so you know. <laughs> no, no, this we, is the we, thing. Both accept, we both accept. We addicts. But yes. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, there is, there there are healthy ways. There's um, you know, like I th- I think just having your Quran on your on your on your phone. What Quran app do you use? I just uh, I just use the I, I actually don't even know the name. Of it. It's okay. just the standard one that Kasim. Okay. Shout out to Kasim. All his, my cousin recommending. I'll give a shout out to my friend Issa's app. It's called Quranly app. You should check okay. it out. All right. it's a really I will app. check that out. Yeah, yeah. Quranly app. So there's lo- lots of things that you can do on there, um, which are beneficial. Uh, advice that I'd give is, you know, for me personally, as soon as you step into the machine, the phones lock off, lock off completely. Right. You know, like you know, you mentioned pet peeves earlier on. Yeah. One of my pet peeves when the khutbah is going on. Man's on a scrolling through TikTok, bro, and it's just like that's dangerous one. You, you know, you know. Don't get me wrong; I'm not here to judge, but it's like, bro, come no, no, on, but that's, like, that's just an, put it away. Yeah, that's an actual dangerous. It's one, it's, it's it's very dangerous, but that that shows you the level of addiction, bro. Yeah. That even when you're in, and, and and they're probably not doing it intentionally. It's just subliminally. You just naturally go and you start scrolling, right? Mm. And it's just like put put it away. You can wait, and you know, inshallah, that's something that I'm striving sure. to do as well. Safi, it was an absolute pleasure having Dili. you, on, bro. Jazakallah, I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed today's conversation. You know what, for once, I, I told you this off camera, for once, I, I, I enjoyed a conversation which didn't, didn't involve drama, controversy, <laughs> role, yeah. uh, you know, beef, yes. to and from. It was actually nice and I, and I benefited a lot, my dear brother. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you making your way down, man. Yeah, I, feel, man. I feel very special day before Ramadan as no, well. No, so no, thank you for making the time, man. Appreciate it. Brothers and sisters, I hope you all thoroughly enjoyed today's podcast. Please uh, take heed of what uh, Saf said in terms of like smartphones and social media and, and healthy options to use it in, in, in a better way, in a proportionate way. Um, many of us are very reliant and dependent and, dare I say, even addicted to our smartphones and there needs to be a more healthier way to manage these things, especially when we are parents, especially when we have children. If you like this episode, please remember you can find this show on all the major audio platforms. If you're watching via YouTube, remember to click subscribe, like this video because you don't have an option to dislike it. Uh, leave a comment and until next time, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Blood Brothers Podcast, a five pillars production.